Hello and welcome to this GBM Media Podcast. You're about to hear Serving Today, a programme for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in any form of Bible teaching, be that one-to-one or in small or larger groups, Serving Today will be relevant for you. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for pastors and church leaders. I'm Andrew Cook and it's good to be together again. Ephesians, more in the series... And Derek French joins us with another name of Christ. A few programmes ago, here on Serving Today, we were thinking about the famous passage from Ephesians on marriage. We now come to another well-known part of this New Testament epistle as Ray Tibbs joins us again. We now reach Ephesians chapter 6 from verses 10 to 13, which begins with being strong in the Lord. The pursuit of godliness in the Christian life is a constant battle, mainly against our old nature. But Satan is active upon it, and that nature is still attracted by the things of the world. And so we are described as Christian soldiers, and first of all we have a command to obey from verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It is more accurate to say be continually strengthened rather than be strong. The latter would suggest just pull yourself together. Along with the following phrase, it points to the Lord as the source of strength which is always available to us. The appeal is to draw upon it regularly and not rely upon ourselves. Because we are in Christ, his strength is ours. His mighty power defeated Satan, destroyed the power of sin and brought new life to himself where there was certain death before. John chapter 10 verse 18. There is no need for us to feel weak and defeated when there are such powerful spiritual resources at our disposal. Our weakness should not cast us into despair, but on to Christ. Yeah, that's very helpful. What else is at our disposal as Christian soldiers? Well, verse 11 begins to tell us that we have equipment to use. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Being strengthened refers to that inner power provided by Christ when it is sought by us. Armour speaks of external protection. We would be unwise to go into battle without it. Strength itself is not enough. We need something more and we must make sure that we have it in place. We must go to God for it and make sure we have every piece. If it is incomplete, it will not achieve what it was designed to do. Other armour may be on offer, but it will fail, because anything other than what God supplies is inadequate. The component parts of this armour are detailed later on. 
to a certain extent, the nature of the battle we fight is defensive. The main attack and conquest was won at the cross. Satan remains on the offensive, trying to dislodge the Christian from the ground that Christ has secured for them. Believers are to stand and maintain their position in Christ. There is no new ground to gain. Satan's schemes attempt to move us away from the victory of Christ. But if we are to defend, we need defending ourselves. Therefore, we need that armour. Yes, because of Christ's complete victory over Satan, we don't have to conquer new territory. Christ has already done that. What else does Paul argue here? He's very clear that we have an enemy to fight in verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The image changes to convey the kind of fighting involved. It is not a matter of exchanging missiles from a distance, but it is hand-to-hand combat. Each soldier grapples with the enemy at close quarters. The enemy should not be underestimated, but the two are by no means equal. As God uses his spiritual power in and through the believer, Satan is behind the action of others. One of his wiles is to disguise or even deny himself. So even though we may be struggling with disobedient children or difficult officials, the real battle is not with them. The moral air we breathe is polluted by him, Satan, and pervades the media, politics, education and so much else in society. His influence is evident in positions of great responsibility and in popular movements as we witness his unscrupulous methods and destructive force around us. We are faced with the fact that we are living in enemy territory. Following this description of the enemy, the command to put on the armour is repeated. It calls upon us to put it on during a time of brief respite, so that we will be ready for the next attack. We will not be able to put it on in the middle of battle. So here's verse 13 of Ephesians chapter 6. Therefore put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Joining us to explain one of the titles used about Jesus in the Bible is Derek French. He's helping us to better understand their meaning and how they make us appreciate just how glorious Jesus our Saviour is. So here's Derek. Christ is the Alpha and Omega. We find this name of Jesus coming from his own lips when he spoke with John in the book of Revelation. In Revelation 22, verses 12 and 13, Jesus says, Behold, I am coming soon, my reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. 
I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Alpha is the first letter in the Greek alphabet, and Omega is the last letter. Significantly, God himself declares in Isaiah 41 verse 4, Who has done this and carried it through, calling forth the generation from the beginning? I, the Lord, with the first of them, and with the last of them, I am he. And again in Isaiah 44 verse 6, This is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty. I am the first and the last. Apart from me, there is no God. And in Revelation 1 verse 8 we read, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, and who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. But let's concentrate on the words in Revelation 22 verse 13. The fact that Jesus uses this same terminology for himself indicates clearly he is God, and his deity is being declared to us. Jesus is eternal God, one with the Father and the Holy Spirit. He is the first and the last. He stands above time and history. He is the unchangeable one. He's the originator and completer of all things, and the one in control of all things. Considering the eternal nature of Christ, you'll record Jesus' own words in John 8 verse 58. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. And then think of Paul's words in Colossians 1 verse 17, and he is before all things. There were no others before him, and that can only ever be said of God, which is exactly what Jesus is saying to John. He is the Alpha, the first, and it is equally true with Omega, the last. Consider Hebrews 1 verse 8, where God the Father speaks of Jesus and the future. But about the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, will last for ever and ever, and righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. No earthly king is ever described like this. Jesus is the everlasting king whose reign will know no end. He is enduring, never-ending. He is eternal God, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. This also means he's the beginning and end of creation. He was at his father's side when it all began, and it was through Jesus that the universe came into being. Right now he is sustaining the creation by the word of his power. And when he comes again, the universe will be remade. There will be a new heaven and a new earth, where Jesus Christ will reign as its everlasting king. How reassuring and comforting to know that we have an eternal saviour, who, because he dealt with sin through his death on the cross and rose from the dead, gives eternal life to all who trust him. Those who fail to trust Christ have only eternal judgment to look forward to, which is absolutely dreadful even to contemplate. But for those who do rely on him, there is eternal blessing. How important that we ourselves and those we minister to understand this and trust in Christ alone for salvation. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is eternal. The writer Warren Wearsby points out another aspect to Jesus being the Alpha and the Omega. He wrote... Because Jesus is Alpha and Omega, he is the alphabet of God's revelation to us. In other words, if we want to understand what God is like, then we have to know the Lord Jesus Christ, because he is God's word to us, something John outlines in the opening verses of his Gospel. Now it is true that we can know some things about God by looking at creation around us, say a beautiful flower or the heavens at night time. Romans 1 verse 20 declares... For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, are clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. They speak to us of God's existence and power, but they can go no further, and certainly not enough to lead us to salvation. 
to really understand what God is like in the fullest and best way and the salvation he provides, we need to know and understand Jesus. And we get to know him as we study the Bible because it is here that Jesus is revealed to us. And as we get to know Jesus, so we get to know God. In Jesus, we see that God is holy and pure and good and righteous. In Jesus, we see that God is patient and kind and compassionate and gracious. In Jesus, we see that God is merciful and loving and forgiving and the God of salvation and much more. Indeed, this is why Jesus said in his high priestly prayer in John 17 and verse 3, Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is all because Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. Well, our thanks to Derek French and before him to Ray Tibbs. That brings this edition of Serving Today to a close. Do get in contact with us if there's anything you would like to ask or comment on. We would love to hear from you. Details on how you can do that follow shortly. So this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye and may God use each one of us to make Christ our Saviour known. That was Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch, you can email us. The address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk or find us on Twitter at servingtodaygbm. You can also search our back catalogue from our webpage www.gbm.org.uk forward slash radio. Thanks for listening and goodbye.